Hello, and welcome to Arcanum Obscura. I'm Chris. And I'm Nathaniel. And I'm John. And I'm Greg. I'm Eugene. I'm Samantha. I'm Samantha. Nope. I'm Samantha. Okay. <laughs> Howdy. I'm Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we have anything extra to add today. We we don't, but usually we do. Like, we never really have anything planned extra to say at the beginning. It's just we almost immediately go off on a tangent. Yeah, I'm just brain dead right now, so. That's fair. I'm brain dead most times. How have you been, Chris? Very tired. Yep. Yeah. That's how I usually start off the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, any, any Good till today. Yeah? You know the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a great weekend. I did the typical thing I've been doing for the last few weeks. I painted. More I, I painted over the weekend, too. Nice. Yeah, I did yeah. see some of the art you did, yes. It was really nice. It was a good weekend. It was very Needed good. Needed one. It's been a long time. I work a shit ton this week. Like a stupid amount of time. I didn't. I worked a Only... lot. Three days, so... Did you guys work Memorial Day? No. Hmm. Nice. So, Memorial Day off, work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, obviously 10-hour days. And then yesterday, I was, like, done with my map before noon. So I was just driving in circles listening to the podcast. Were you really? <laughs> <laughs> because they, we didn't, they didn't want us to move to the next part of that section yet. you want to wait till the next week, yes. usually, yes. So, so you finished it off, and you're like, all right, I'm going to go find a back alley. Yeah, basically. What section was it? Uh, I can't remember all of them, but. The one that's got golf and drive. Oh, okay. That's a good section. Where it's like, yeah, because you split good... drive, because the, the yeah, one side's yeah. massively dirty all the time, the other side's not so bad. Yeah. yeah. I know we split it golf there. has some good hiding spots. I wasn't. Oh, I was off a drive, though. You were off a I drive. I already finished golf the day before. I don't remember if there's anything in the drive. There's a radio commercial for where I work mm-hmm. now. What? What do you mean? There's a commercial on the radio saying if people will come up and volunteer time to clean, there will be food and snacks for them. Really? So we're putting money into a commercial that's going to keep the place clean for one day. Because <laughs> people will trash it right afterwards. Yeah. It's a waste of money. Yeah. Um, well, they're probably not paying much money. They probably have, like, some kind of deal with Well, like, I, I told them an idea before, you know. Put out a geocache. That's one of those cash-in trash-outs. Mm-hmm. In one of the spots that's really messy. And, you you know, you fill the geocache with bags. And people find the geocache, take a bag, and they pick up garbage on the way out. It'll keep it clean. Not a bad idea. I saw... Not to go too far on a tangent, but I saw somebody who was driving a mower with a, a trash can on the side of it. And, like... I think it was his personal thing because he looked like he was just wearing a normal ass clothes. He didn't have any kind of company outfit on at all, and there's just trash bags every like 50 yards because he would fill them and drop them. Fill them and drop them. I think he would. Come <laughs> back, he, his plan was to come back with his truck and then pick them all up. And there were so many trash bags. This yeah. dude's been going probably for all that whole day. There's so much trash. But uh, yeah, that that place gets dirty. Very dirty. Very quickly. I mean, it's ridiculous how quickly. Anyways. Well, are you ready to finish up Aleister Crowley? He's yawning. 
Yes. <laughs> I'm stick my finger in his mouth. <laughs> I'll suck on your finger. Oh, that's <laughs> yuck. I don't like that thought at all. You say you don't. I don't. I'm looking at so the... When it happens, we'll hear <laughs> under the table. No, you won't. Not for me, you won't. For it's me. not that big. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh... Yeah, so we're going to continue on with Aleister Crowley. This will be the last episode of Crowley. Uh, unless something crazy happens. I don't think so. I mean, he's kind of gone. But we're going to finish up. Uh, I think we ended last episode talking about Thelema and how he's... Started. How many times he's died already? It's just God. ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> he made the book of Thelema, or no, the book of law for the religion of Thelema. And then we'll like hit it away. He's like, I'm not gonna publish this at all, even though the god told me to do it. I'm not gonna do it. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea. So we did it, which is hilarious to me. Everything's hilarious to me. A lot of things are funny to me. Life is a very <laughs> funny place to me. Life is a shitty place. That's what makes it funny. There's so many shitty things going on that's hilarious to look at. It's great. Yeah, it is great. <sighs> Anyways, yeah, starting off. Um, I don't know how he's lost this. already. No, I'm not. We didn't even start yet. Not lost. He's Maybe got like four bit. pages printed out, all about a bug's life, the bee and movie, nothing please. about the bee movie. Nothing about Aleister Crowley at all. Yeah. And it actually looks like it's like Rule 34 Bugs Life pictures you have all over that. Did you? Okay. Okay. I I know we're trying to start, but you said something that has triggered an old memory. Uh, Did you ever see that flashlight of a Bugs Life? Someone just sent me a picture of it oh my but it wasn't a bug's life it was um monsters inc i'm like i saw the bug's life one i did that's it looked like one of those containers that they put the fear in it had like liquid in the side and stuff (laughs) Uh, i've seen the bug's life one i don't know where i started this I know where I started this, but I don't know which one of these pages is page one and which one's page two. I was talking about rule 34 last night, and I found some disturbing stuff. It's rule 34. It's always Yes, I know, but... Okay, I found that word. When you're doing a baby one... (laughs) Ha! Yeah, that is kind of... Why is it saved to your phone? Because I sent it to someone. Right. (laughs) It's because I have a crush on... Pikachu. Pichu, please. I'm sorry. Pichu. Uh you deleting him there. Anyways, can we... <laughs> let's get off the topic of... Rule 34. Rule 34 and flashlights. Uh, Is it a crazy picture I got? Why not? Have you ever seen a sleeping score? <laughs> oh. Yeah, they're all over the road. Yeah. I see sleeping squirrels. I used to tell people that all the time, roadkill is just sleeping squirrels. I saw it out in front of my house a long time ago. I'm like, I've never seen a squirrel recli- like reclined out on a branch sleeping. I'm yeah. going to take a picture of this little bastard. Thank you. So, with his old mentor, George Cecil Jones, Crowley continued performing the... Uh, I'm going to pronounce this name wrong. Abramilu. Bob. 
rituals at Is this the pronounced Bobe Ashton or Park Boob Hotel or... in Colston, Surrey. See, I just—that's how I help you now. I just talk over your mispronunciations. And... I said Colston, right? And Surrey. You ever been to Surrey? Surrey. Surrey. What the fuck is that? Well, there's two Surreys. There's Surrey in British Columbia, Canada, and there's Surrey in. Uh, I know in England. I just don't know. I've where never I'm left going. the country. You know this. I've been up and down the East Coast. That's it. Crowley claimed that in doing so, he attained Samai Dai, or union with the Godhead, thereby making a turning point in his life, making heavy use of the hashish during these rituals. He wrote an essay on the psychological hashish. Psychological. Mm, psychological of hashish. But I meant psychological the effects. Psychology would have worked, but yeah. So before we started recording, I was reading through another. I think said before we started recording, we are recording. Yeah. Before we started recording, yes. I was reading something off my phone, and I read it fine, just fine. And I was making a joke. It was like, I can read this just fine, but as soon as we turn the podcast on, I have to read from a piece of paper. I fuck everything up. Yeah, we are over thirty-seven weeks into this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Nate still gets nervous. I just can't read. Apparently, off. Just picture me naked while you're reading, and you'll calm down. No, I have to go. Goodbye. <laughs> She's got to go to the bathroom already. You just pictured me naked. <laughs> in which... Is this what we're... T- uh, sorry. In which he championed the drug as an aid to mysticism. Uh, he also claimed to have been contacted once again by Iwas in late October and November 1907. Adding that Iwas dedica- uh, dedicated two further texts to him, which is Lieber... Can you imagine that if a god is just texting your phone? <laughs> further texts actually I yeah two further texts to him which is Lieber 7 and he gets a text. Lieber hey bro look hit me up Superton. got stuff to tell you why is it called Lieber 7 I don't know where's the other 6 books he couldn't release them God told him not to Here's seven. What happened to six? Don't worry about it, Crowley. Well, look at Christianity. You're only allowed to read four of the Apostles oh, books. Oh, my God. I was talking about that with a coworker. I would like mine. the other eight to read them sometime. I was talking about about the other books, and he didn't know that there was other books. Like, yes. yes, they all have a book. They all have a book, and they chose specific ones to use for the Bible. At the Council of... Doesn't matter. Something. It's going to bug me if I don't remember it. I don't remember the name either. It's closer than S, I believe. Council of Sinai? Maybe. Something like that. Something like that. Anyways, uh, what I was telling him was like, man, if you really want to really, if you really want to read the Bible, you should definitely do it and then read all the other books they didn't include. You can't. Hmm? You can't read the other books. Yeah, you can. The other apostles' books are locked in the Vatican. No, there's... Because there's stories of how Jesus fought a dragon. Oh, oh! Did, I thought you meant the actual apostles' books. No. no. I meant some of the other stories that they didn't put in the Bible that you can actually find. Yeah. Uh, because there, there's the Jesus' baby years. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's great. He literally, literally does actually, like, there's a dragon that is in their way. And as in, I think he, at this point, he's only, like, a few months old. This happens. He gets up out of Mother Mary's arms and stands up and tames the dragon. 
There's a, a comedian. <laughs> so. <gasps> There's a comedian on Netflix. I haven't watched him yet, but I saw a clip of his. Yes. He's talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's like, the real miracle is he was the only white person in, in... 400 miles. Yeah. People are like, oh my God, he turned water into Oh my God, he's white. Would have stoned him right there. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Libra 7, Libra Chords, Sintai Serpent. Anyways, both of which were later classified in the corpus of the Holy Book of Philema. Crowley wrote down more Philemic holy books during the last two months of the years, including Lieber. Oh, fuck. Wait, what, what, number, what number is that? Are you trying to figure out Roman numerals? Yes. Now? Let me see. It's LXVI. So it would be... Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, 1,000... 1,000... X and V would be 15. Yeah, it would be 15. No, it would be 16. 1,000 is 15. 16. 1,016. No, X is 10, V is 5. Correct. 15. And there's an I at the end. Of oh, there's an I. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, 16. one more. 16. Yep. I didn't know you had the I in the end. Yeah, L, X, V, I. L is 1,000, right? Not 100. I don't know. I don't know. I get lost when it gets to the L's and the M's and stuff. I can do the XVI's fine. Yeah, Libra 7 was Libra VII, so I knew it was Libra 7. Um, I think L is 1,000. It doesn't matter. Uh, Libra something. Libra Arcanumerus. Arcano Rub. Is that like a back rub? What? <laughs> it. it It'd be real funny if he made a book, Arcanum Obscura. <laughs> that would be interesting. Liberport Lucas, Subfigure X, or 10. Liber Tau. Liber. Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. Trigrammaration. L is 50, by the way. Holy. Is it 50? Yeah. <laughs> so it's 60. 50, 67. Yeah, 60. Seven. L X V I. Sixty-six. Sixty-six. Yeah. Uh, and then Lieber, you ready for this? D C C C X I I I. Ver Artiet. Do you want to look at what a D and a C is? D is has it? to be a thousand. D X C C C V I. No, 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 it's D C C C X I I I. Eight hundred and thirteen. <laughs> Can't you just use numbers? They are numbers. Are numbers? Which are? One, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are? What numeral is it? No, don't use the little weird little letters they used to use. Just go back in time, give them real Those numbers. Those are Roman numerals. I don't and these, care. What we use today are Arabic numerals. Yeah, so why don't they use in Arabic so we can all know what the hell's going on? Using as people, right? Am I correct in that? Is it Arabic numerals? I'm pretty sure it's called Arabic numerals. Doesn't matter. Move on. I'll find out later. Which he claims American. <laughs> They're American numbers. Damn it! Everybody uses American numbers. Japan, China, all of them. <laughs> Sorry, I turned a little bit. Uh, what's that? I just think, I'm, I'm just thinking we got like maybe, turn the frogs gay. We maybe got one paragraph in so far, and we're like all yeah, over yeah, the place. I'm almost already. up. I'm almost up. With this paragraph, at least. Uh, which he claimed to have received from the pre-supernatural source. Jesuits. Crowley started that 
in June 1909 when the manuscript of the Book of Law was rediscovered at the Boleskin House. The Boston Aquarium. Boleskin House. He developed the opinion that Thelema represented objective truth. First sentence. Next paragraph. Crowley's inheritance was running out. Trying to earn money, he was he was hired by George Montagu Bennett, the Earl of Tankerville, to help protect him from it's witchcraft. Gnomes. It's all gnomes. Yeah. To help him protect him from <laughs> recognizing that uh, Bennett's paranoia as being based in his cocaine addiction, Crowley took him on a holiday to France and Morocco to recuperate. In 1907... He also began taking oops, taking in paying students whom he instructed in the occult and magic practices. He's been taking in oop. Victor Nuremberg, whom Crowley met in February 1907, became his sexual partner Maybe and the closest numbered. disciple. In 1908, the pair toured northern Spain before heading to Tangier. 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 Is it Tangier, Morocco, or is it Tangier? Isn't Tangier a, like, geo spot? Isn't it, like, a archipelago? Tangier is in Australia. Is Tangier in Australia? I think so. But I think it would just be Tangier the same either way. I think it's Tangier. 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 Doesn't matter. Morocco. The following year, <laughs> Nuremberg stayed at Boleskin, where he and Crowley engaged in se- sex magic. <laughs> no, sadomasochism. Oh, okay. Crowley continued to write prolificity. Nope. Why do I speak? I don't know. Okay. Just give me your paper. Such works of poetry as Ambergris Clouds Without Water, Knox Own Pax, as well as his first attempt at an autobiography. I don't know why I fucked up autobiography. I'm the, the world's one. tragedy recognizing the popular short horror stories. Crowley wrote his own, some of which he published, and he also published several articles in Vanity Fair, a magazine edited by his friend Frank Harris. He also wrote Lieber 777, a book of magical and cabalic correspondence that borrows from Mothers and Bennett. Mathers. I said Mathers. Mathers? It's Mathers. And Bennett. I don't know why I wrote this. I don't even know what you wrote. I think you just put random letters and just kind of makes shit up yeah, as you go. You know, about, uh, an infinite amount of monkeys, all on an infinite amount of typewriters. It will eventually make the a book every book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the opening lines of Lieber Seven, the first of the holy books of Thelema to Crowley after the Book of Law. That's all I wrote. I didn't write the actual opening lines. That's why I was saying I don't know why I wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was planning to actually write the opening lines, but that's all I wrote was the opening lines of Libra 7, 1907, the first book of a holy dilemma to be revealed to Crowley after the Book of Law. But I didn't write what they were. Anyways. Thou shall not eat peanut butter on Wednesday. In November 1907, Crowley and Jones decided... 
to found the occult order to act as a successor to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, being aided in doing so by Fuller. The result was the AA. Actually, it's like, it's more than AA. It's like Alpha. It's like an A with a bunch of... Three dots. Yes. I saw it. I can't remember what it means. Either could I. I tried finding it. Like, eh? It does, does say what Alcoholic it means, and I have, I have found what it means. I just cannot remember. It's not in Latin. I'm pretty sure. The group's headquarters and temples were situated at the 124th Victorian Street in central London, and their rights borrowed much from those of the Golden Dawn, but was added to the Thelemic uh, bases. Its earliest members included Doesn't Matter. These are just writers and more prolific people. I'm not going to go over every single one because there's a bunch of them. Crowley began producing a bunch of binaural periodic Binaural beats. <laughs> binaural periodic t- titles, the Equinox. He build the periodic... I'm sorry. It says he build the periodical, not the periodic, which he was able to become the official organ uh, <laughs> what am i writing here i think i stroked out was able to become the official organ of the aa as the review of the scientific illuminus illuminism i think i was stroking out when i wrote this carly had become increasingly frustrated with rose alcoholism and in november 1909 he discovered her on the f- grounds of his own auto. Aud- I'm sorry. I read that completely wrong. He divorced her on the grounds of his own adultery. He couldn't take her alcoholism. He was like, I'm a bad husband. We need a divorce. <laughs> That's, yeah. Okay. Um, Lola was entrusted to Rose's care. The couple remained friends, and Rose continued to live at Boleskin. Her alcoholism worsened, and as a result, she was... Gotta hate alcoholism. Alcoholism. <laughs> she was into into wow. Institutionalized in September nineteen eleven. Did you get hit in the head at work this week? No. However, I almost did. It, it was an interesting week. I'll say that much. Okay. Time for a little coherency. <laughs> now I'm gonna fuck up everything. <laughs> oh, I. I can't. It's fucking hilarious. Wait. Okay. In November of nineteen oh nine, Crowley read Flowers for Algernon. Huh? No. In November of 1909, Crowley travels to Algeria, touring through the deserts and reciting the Quran on a daily basis. During the trip, he invokes the 30 aethers of Enochian magic. The results are recorded Isn't and published Enochian? in the Equinox as the vision and the voice. Isn't Enochian angel speak? He does like every different thing. Okay. It's, it's, he's also reciting the Quran on a daily basis. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, they do some more sex magic, and he tries using a blood sacrifice to evoke the demon Karanzen. Mm-hmm. And he considers the results to be a turning point in his magical career. <laughs> what, did I re- what did I read earlier? <laughs> Crowley claims that doing so attains Sem- Semdai, or union with the Godhead, thereby making a turning point in his life. <laughs> He has a lot of turning points. He has a lot of turning points. Not necessarily for the better. In 1910, he returns to London and finds out he's being sued by Mathers for publishing Golden Dawn Secrets in the Equinox. At this point, the Golden Dawn is not defunct, 
but has everyone there's only splinter cells left of the golden dawn on the actual thing well the court sides with crowley and he is stereotyped as being a satanist and an advocate of human sacrifice <clears throat> which neither are true but he plays on the fame yeah. of it yeah so, yep i am it's this... actually still to this day people still say that about him even though there's proof against it. yeah well this draws new members to the aa and he decides i like how this what draws more people Holy shit, this dude, guy's doing black magic and sacrifices? Let's go join that. Hell yeah. <laughs> so this draws new members to the AA. And he, had to, <laughs> he decides to expand his teachings, creating the rights of Artemis. You hear that, Katie? It's all about you. Which is a public performance of his magic and symbolism. Members of the, uh, the party portray various deities through the performance. It actually corrected party to posse. It's the same thing. <laughs> Members of the posse. It was first performed at the AA headquarters, and those in attendance were given fruit punch spiked with peyote. It was positively received by the press, and I put in parentheses, since they were all high. Yeah, since they all got fucked up. In October of 1910, he decides to do another performance at Caxton Hall in West Westminster, titled The Rights of this has Aloysius. To this has to be England. Yeah. But the reviews were mixed this time. Probably didn't get everyone as high as fuck this time. Yeah. They saw it as it was. He was even called one of the most blasphemous and cold-blooded villains of modern times in an article. Cold-blooded villains? This guy never did anything illegal. I mean, <laughs> what, did, what did he ever do that was illegal? Um, he had to publish half of his shit outside of Britain. Wait. <laughs> That just goes against their heretical... Like, but that would stuff. be their rules. So he was going against their laws. Yeah, that's fair. He also got kicked out of how many countries? Two that I know See? of. See? So there you go. He's I know doing, he got kicked out of France. He's doing naughty stuff. Got kicked out of India for shooting two people. Yeah, he did get kicked out. So at least He was two. defending himself. Which yeah. Which is kind of bullshit. So uh, at least Didn't two. kill him. Yeah. I don't think he got kicked out of Morocco. Killed some people on a mountain. <laughs> no, they died of their own stupidity. He told them not to. He told them not to, and they did it anyway. And then he pushed them off the cliff. Yep. Don't do it! In early you want to go? I'll help you get down faster! Crowley ah! published the Book of Lies, a work of mysticism that biographer Lewis Sutton described as his greatest success in merging his talents as a poet, scholar, and a magus. The German occultist Theodore Russ later accuses him of publishing the... Secrets of his own occult order. The order of order. I know it's Ordo. I said it right the first time. Ordo so you actually Templi. said order roll. Order of Templi Orients. Within turn page, the book, Crowley convinced Russ. So Russ basically was like, hey, dipshit, you're posted, you're fucking giving everyone their secrets. And then Crowley goes, oh, my B. I wasn't trying to. I was just doing my own stuff. It just happens to be similar to yours. So the same thing he did with the Order of the Dawn. Yes. Publisher shit. Yes. Crowley convinced Rufus that the similarities were a coincidence, and the two became friends. Uh, Rufus appointed Crowley as the head of the uh, Ordo OTO. I'm just going to refer to it as the acronym That's, OTO. Yeah, I think I wrote it as OTO. Uh, of OTO's British branch. The, it's called Otto. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, they renamed it in the. Uh, the You're just French. discovering this. You wrote this. I forgot. <laughs> There's a lot of things. He's uh, reading his own handwriting and just discovered mm-hmm. something new that he wrote already. So the British branch of the OTO was known as the Mysteria Mystica Maximum, MMM. And at the ceremony in Berlin, Crowley adopted the magical name of... Bob. Bahamut. Damn it. I just <laughs> it was Bob. Bahamut. And was proclaimed ex-Supreme Can it be... Rex, the Sovereign Grandmaster General of Ireland, I- Iona, and all of the Britons. Can can we just call him Bob Hammett? Bob Hammett. Bob Hammett. Bob Hammett. I'm sure there's a joke like that's already been done with Bob Hammett. Why? Like there must be a shirt out there. I just always like, use Bob. Bob Hammett. And he used Bahamut, and it can kind of go together. You didn't like his cool name. It could be Bob Hammett. I didn't fuck up his name. Bob Bahamut. His long ass title. I didn't fuck it up, but you decided to totally ignore it. So you got one sentence right. That's what you're telling me. I got a whole ass name right. <laughs> you got a whole ass five words. The sovereign Correct grandmaster general of Ireland, Iona, and all the Britons. Oh, I did it twice now. Well, you had practice. You sat in front of a mirror for hours yeah. at home just <laughs> getting that right. Getting that one. I fucked everything else up, but that one I'm going to hit. You're a good person. With Everybody US likes you. permission, man. Crowley said person. about advertising the MMM and rewriting many OTO rituals, which were then based largely on the Freemasons, his incom- incorporation of... I'm sorry. What did I write there? Yes, you apologize to our listeners. Especially ones that have stutters that you're insulting. That's rude. It is. Stop doing it. <laughs> and he starts incorporating some of his dilemma elements as well. Pro- uh, and But doing so proved controversial in the group. Uh, fascinated by the OTO's emphasis on sex magic, Crowley devised a ma- magical working based on anal sex. Oh. And incorporated it into the syllabus for those OTO members who have been initiated into the 11th degree. I keep getting texts. In March 1913, Crowley acted as a pro- producer so, for the... Yeah. Once you get to the 11th degree, Crowley just comes up and sticks in your butt? <laughs> well, actually, what I've read is whenever Crowley ever participated in anal sex, he was always the receiver and not the giver. Oh. <laughs> you know what they say in prison rules. <laughs> um... Crowley acted as the producer for the Ragged Ragtime Girls, a group of female violinists led by Waddle. Waddle? W-A-D-D-E-L-L. Waddle? I'd say Waddle. As they performed at London's old uh, Tivoli Tivoli Theater, they subscribed. I was trying to say fucking... Subscribed? (sighs) No. It wasn't subscribed. It was going that way. Told you. <laughs> in the end. I can't. Were they <sighs> subsequently? Is what I'm there you go. Subsequently. Big word. Performed in Moscow for six weeks. Where Crowley right had... up there with anti-disestablishmentarianism. Yeah. Uh, where Crowley had sadomasochistic relations with the Hungarian Annie Ringler in Moscow. Crowley continued to write plays and poetry including Hyman Japan him Japan (laughs) 
<laughs> he, he basically goes on to do more fucking traveling. The usual shit. Yeah. Travel, climb a mountain, get sick, have sex. Dilemmic rituals that became key parts of OTO where it's sex magic. Yeah. That's basically what he does. Is just more sex magic and a lot of people don't like it but everyone still does it. He does... Yeah. You know, this is the guy you like mm-hmm. and the story you picked. Like, yeah, he just does more shit. <laughs> I, like, I, you want me to read what he does? No, it's pretty much the same shit throughout every thing he does. Yeah. Crowley settled into an apartment in Paris where the former was involved in a controversial surrounding Jacob Epstein. New monuments to Oscar Wilde. Together, Crowley and... He knew Epstein? Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Epstein, no. So the whole family's like that. <laughs> Probably. Oscar Wilde. Together, Crowley and Newberg perform the six-week Paris working, a period of intense ritual involving strong drug use in which they involved the go- invoked the gods Mercury and Jupiter as a part of the ritual. <laughs> the couple performed acts of sex magic together, at the time being joined by journalist Walter Durant. Walter Inspired Cronkite. by the results of the working... Crowley wrote Lieber <laughs> Agap, a treatise on sex magic. Following the Paris workings, Newberg began to distance himself from Crowley, resulting in an argument in which Crowley cursed him. Lieber Agap, an ode to the butt. Ode to the butt. Okay, we're going to take a little break, and we will be back. So yeah, then I like I I grip the handle of the plunger and I slowly moved it into the right position. Mm-hmm. And then I started moving it faster and faster. And I could feel like sweat beating up on my head. Right. And I started just pumping it harder and harder and, and then the toilet was unclogged. It is strange how they work like that. Yeah. So welcome back to Arcanum Obscura, <laughs> and uh, hope you enjoyed our little commercial break. I think. <laughs> think so. You're the one who edited this. What's that? You're the one who edits it. What do you think? I don't know. I don't think much. Okay, so in 1914, 1914, Crowley is living primarily off donations from AA members. I think you skipped. No. Mm. Maybe? But I haven't done that yet. I did this oh, oh, and oh, you oh, were oh, supposed oh, to do oh, that. Oh, 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 yes, that's done. That yes. was. That's. That, that was. I covered that. <laughs> so. <laughs> he's living up. Don't mind me. I'm just being an idiot. He's just picturing some, some horrible, horrible things. Yeah, you you that plunger. Yes. Ugh. So he's living hey, off donations so much. from the AA members. He eventually, after a brief mountaining excursion, moves to New York City and begins to make a living writing for the American edition of Vanity Fair, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah, he does. He puts a lot of things into Vanity Fair. In the city, he continued experimenting with sex magic. I like how they have to. We have to address that every time. Through he, the. He, he, 
Let's just say this right now. Crowley does a lot of experimentation with sex magic. Well, this was through the use of masturbation, female prostitutes, and male clients of a Turkish bathhouse. And around this time, the First World War started. Huh? Clients of a Turkish bathhouse. Yes. Right. So, claiming to be a... Do, do Turkish bathhouses, like... It's a type of bathhouse. It's not a type of people at a bathhouse. Right, right. I get that. But he said the clients at a Turkish bathhouse. Yeah. But male clients of a Turkish who was hiring them from the bathhouse. But then they wouldn't be clients. They would be his clients because he's hiring them as prostitutes from the bathhouse. They wouldn't be his clients. Clients are the one paying you. He's paying them. No, that's what it said. So, claiming to be of Irish ancestry and a supporter of Irish independence, Crowley begins... Crowley isn't Irish, though. He claims he is. Fucking rat bastard. He begins to support Germany in their war against Britain. He got involved in New York's pro-German movement, and a German spy employed him as a propaganda writer for the paper The Fatherland, which was dedicated to keeping the U.S. neutral during the war. He was coined a traitor to Britain for his actions, but was actually playing double agent and working for the British intelligence services to infiltrate Germany's operation in New York. He continues his travels and his sex magic. (laughs) At one point, staying in New Orleans, which he considers his favorite American city. Really? New Orleans. And he travels more, practices more sex magic, travels more, takes up a bunch of lovers, Travels, has some past life memories. That's sure. <laughs> he has like all these different like uh, historical figures. He starts believing are his past life. Oh, <laughs> nice! I love it. And he goes back to New York, where he revives the Equinox with a third volume known as the Blue Equinox. Crowley finally hits his blue period. <laughs> then he returns to London. Yeah. Now destitute and back in London, Crowley came under attack from the tabloids, John Bull, which labeled him a traitorous scum for his work with the German war effort. Several friends aware of his intelligence work urged him to sue, but he decided not to. When he was suffering from asthma, a doctor prescribed him heroin. You know, as you do. You have ghosts in your blood. Here's some heroin. To which he soon became addicted. Surprise, surprise. In January 1920, he moved to Paris, renting a house in a place I'm not going to pronounce, with Leah Harrison. And they were soon joined in a... I don't know what this means. I don't know either. You Joined in a... Menage à Tordes? Menage à Trois. This is like you and Cess Levi. It's a threesome. I know what it is. <laughs> I didn't know that's how it's spelled. Yeah, it's menage a trois. It's like one of the three French words I know from my year of French. Why is trois spelled T-R-O-I-S? I, that's how it's spelled. Why? Fucking you go French talk to those French people. Trois. Menage a trois. Yes, menage a trois. Why is trois. it pronounced trois? I don't know. Two. I can't even. Why is... C-U-C-U-M-B-E-R pronounced avocado. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Let's go. Don't fuck with me already. My head's already... Like, French is a dumb language. I took a year of it. I know three words. Fromage. 
Fromage, which yeah. Is cheese. Yep. Derriere. Which is your rear end. Your butt. And I know menage a trois. Menage a trois. You so. also know c'est la vie. From fiance. C'est la vie. C'est la vie. The funny thing is, like, I took yeah. Spanish and French, and, like, I don't know any of it, but sometimes, like, a whole sentence will pop in my head, or I'll be able to figure shit out that I see. I know what menage a trois actually translates to is house of three, but at the same time, it's like, why menage a trois? Why is it? Why is trois spelled? Uh. T R O I S. I know. Why is one spelled O N E? Know why it's spelled that way? I know because it's spelled that way. But I'm saying, how do they get twa out of T R O I S? I don't know. I always wonder about like, all of our numbers. Who decided that's the order they go in? And how to pronounce them all? And... The Arabics. Yeah, but who there decided? We could be saying like three, four, one, nine, six, eight, and that would be proper order if they did it differently, and nobody would ever know that difference. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, joined together in a menage a trois by Ninette Shumwe and also in, li- in living arrangement by Leia Newborn, daughter, and Pepe. Crowley had ideas for forming a community of Philemites, which he called the Abbey of Philema after the Abbey de Tardema in France. What? Sorry. There's a abbey in France. He wants to name an abbey, Abbey of Thelema, and make it his own. Which he does. He does. Without uh, permission, he just does it. <clears throat> after consulting the... Oof. So basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to TLDR this because uh, I don't want to read the whole thing because a lot of it's like... Um, he got more followers and he did more sex magic and a whole bunch of other things. Found any mountains? No, he didn't. Oh, that's no, no, weird. no mountains. So, <laughs> catch any diseases? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, just he's, he's doing just, pretty good now. He's dealing with his own already pre-existing diseases like his asthma, and I know his nose gets fucked up from yeah. doing a shit ton of cocaine. But he takes the people who was living with him they go to sicily italy and have buy a little villa and they start living there together where they uh practice multiple rituals every day not all sex magic surprisingly uh where they pray to Ra, eating and going to the bathroom no they pray to Ra, the god of the sun and do other rituals and then they actually set it up as an actual abbey to where people could come and learn from him so a bunch of affluential well people who were affluential back then came and you've seen the pictures of him right mm-hmm. if he never started this whole sex magic thing he would never get laid i don't know he had a lot of money yeah he'd still be pro- he could buy prostitutes yeah and he does <laughs> quite often actually <laughs> even though he has sex with all these people who don't have he don't have to pay he still goes and pays people to do it anyways. Which I will... Actually... <laughs> so... Continuing at the Abbey, uh, he started getting some new followers. Among them were film star Jane Wolfe, who arrived in July tw- in 1920, where she was initiated into AA and became Crowley's secretary. Another was Cecil Frederick Russ, Russell, who often argued with Crowley, disliking the same sex... Sh- sexual magic that he was required to perform 
and after he was required to perform by himself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can stop making yourself do this, Crowley. It is your religion. No, 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 no. Crowley wasn't upset that he had to do same sex. Frederick was upset. Okay. That, yeah. He didn't like pegging Crowley. So he, he, he eventually left after a year. Um, they... So he gets... At this point, he's still horribly addicted to heroin so he tries to get off heroin again and then he goes to i think it was london and then he writes a thing called the um hair a drug fiends diary and another book and i can't remember what it's called i have it written down let me find it real quick nope yep sure am i on the right page i don't know <laughs> Crowley turns to Paris for a retreat, and then in an unsuccessful attempt to kick his heroin addiction, he then went to London in search of money, where the publish where he published articles in the English Review criticizing the Dangers of Drugs Act, 1920, and wrote a novel, Diary of a Drug Fiend. Complete in July on publications, it received mixed reviews. He was lambasted by the Sunday Express, which called for its burning. And used its influence to prevent further reprints. Yeah. Uh, it's just more bad things happen at the Abbey. Uh, it gets so, like, they don't actually take care of it too well. That it's extremely dirty and there's trash everywhere. And, like, cats and a lot of rodents live in the house. And the daughter of one of the members pa passed away. So... It, it gets kind of rough for a little bit. Subsequently, a young Thelemite named Raoul Loveday moved to a the Abbey, and his wife Betty May, while Love Loveday was devoted to Crowley, May de de detested him. And I'm doing worse today. It feels like I'm doing worse. You're doing worse. <clears throat> it says I pointed it out. That's why. May detested him and the life at the commune. She later said that Loveday was made to drink the blood of sacrificed cats and that they were required to cut themselves with They had to get him out of the temple somehow. They used the pronoun I, Loveday, drank from the local po polluted stream, soon devouring a liver, developing, not devouring, developing a liver infection resulting in his death in February 1923. Returning to London, May told her story to the press, John Bull proclaimed Crowley the wickedest man in the world and the man we'd like to hang. And although Crowley deemed many of their accusations against him to be slanderous, he was unable to afford the legal fees to sue them. As a result, John Bull continued to attack with his stories being repeated in newspapers throughout Europe and North America. The fascist government of Benito Mussolini which is the Italian guy, learned of Crowley's activities in April 1923. He was given a deportation notice. So, three. Three countries he's three been countries. kicked out of. Um, the Abbey was closed. You know the Abbey still is there to this day? There's no one in it. It's it's uh, abandoned, but it still exists. There's a picture of it 
of a big overgrown and like bordered up and everything. We'll see if you can find it. I'll put it up on the Instagram. Yeah. In 1930, Crowley moves to Berlin where he takes on another magical partner. Mm-hmm. But the relationship is troubled and he decides to fake his own death. Ah, yes. And returns to Berlin to reappear three weeks later at an art <laughs> exhibition. At his own art exhibition, might I add. In 1931, he takes Bertha Bush as a new lover. But they are basically violent and beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. Now, that, if yeah. we have learned from the kitten cast, you don't fuck with Bertha. <laughs> yeah, Bertha will fuck you up. He develops a friendship with... Deidre Patricia Doherty, and she offers to bear him a child. He was born on May of 1937 and named Randall Gear. But Crowley nicknamed him. Well, no. Did you read his whole name? But I have his whole name. That's not his whole name. I have it. Somewhere. I have it. Somewhere. Two seconds. Give me. I'll find it. Give me two seconds. <laughs> I have a lot of things written down. While Nate looks, how's the weather where you live? Nice. Did you watch the game last night? (laughs) What game, though? I don't know. I don't watch sports. There's a lot of them. I don't watch sports ball. Sport ball? I never was a quarterback for the local sport ball team. Me either. I have it somewhere. Okay, how about I just keep going? Keep going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) Crowley nicknamed him Alistair Ataturk. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1936, he publishes his first book in six years, The Equinox of the Gods. The book did well and received a second print run. In 1937, he gives a series of lectures on yoga. He's now living mostly off contributions supplied by OTO's Lodge in California, run by John Whiteside Jack Parsons, who I'm going to talk about later. The OG Rocket Man. OG Rocket Man. So... This part is weird, and I hadn't heard about it before, so I was kind of, this part was actually interesting. With the rise of the Nazis, Crowley became intrigued and wanted to bring Hitler to Thelema. But when the Nazis abolished the German OTO, he said, nope, Hitler is a black magician, Hitler is bad. I, I found where I was at. Apparently, I didn't write his whole name. Oh, there you go. I just had the same exact thing that you wrote down. His name was uh, Randall Geyer. Crowley nicknamed him Alistair Aturk. Okay, so now... On December 1st, 1947, Crowley dies. Yeah. For real this time. Actually dies. Of yeah. chronic bronchitis aggravated by pleurisy and myocardial degeneration. He was old at this point. Done dead now. Yeah, he's actually dead. Not, not dead, fa- dead. Unless he faked it again. Not faking it. He's not dying of weird ones like you said earlier. You said. He done died. He done died. He done died. Yeah. And then Thelema got together and they had one more sex magic with his body. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were actually going to tell what happened. Uh, they know. had they they burned his body and they had a funeral for him and like uh, I want a Viking funeral. In his fruit during his funeral, they read some passages from his book. They read his uh, one poetry. I think it was called "Him to Pan." Uh, and, and like well, a few other things you know what <laughs> the media thought so low of him that they said it was a basically like this giant black 
magic thing that they're performing in there and that. That is about his funeral? Yeah. Let's see. I have it written down. His funeral was held at uh, Brightonton on December 5th. About a dozen people attended. Lewis Wilkinson read excerpts from uh, Nastic Mass, The Book of the Law. I think it's Nastic. It's probably Gnostic. I always thought it was Nastic, like monastic. Doesn't matter. Uh, Him to Pan. The funeral generated press controversy and was labeled a black mass by the tabloids. Crowley's ashes were sent to Carl German in the U.S., who buried them in his garden in Hampton, New Jersey. But yeah, it was a black mass, apparently. Dude just died, dog. Okay, so now that he's dead and we're done with Aleister Crowley, I'm going to jump back to the other guy I actually like. Oh, did we talk about like what happened? We'll just briefly touch upon... Uh, something before you go on to him. Okay, so we won't go uh, into the guy I like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to talk about what he did during World War Two. That's it. Uh, Crowley tried to, because he was helpful during World War One. he wanted to be helpful again during World War Two. Oh, yes, yes, you talk about this. Sorry, I just want to briefly touch upon it, because he did yeah. try to help people out, as much as a shitbag he is. Um, uh, he tried to, uh, and he asked the naval intelligence of Britain if he could help again. They re- declined. However, he didn't, have a lot of contact with naval intelligence officers anyways that he was talking to and was helping him out with that kind of stuff and there are some allegations that crowley was the one behind the v for victory pose that the bbc started using but that's neither confirmed nor denied so we don't actually know uh that's really about it crowley didn't really do a whole lot he helped out a little bit but not too much he was old at this point 70 so his whole helping out is he possibly came up with the V for victory yeah. sign. Well, no, he also did help out with um, uh, some other stuff with the naval intelligence agents okay. that he didn't know. But, yeah, that's all I have to say on him in World War II because he, he died shortly afterwards. Yeah. Okay, now back to the guy that I actually like. I don't like Crowley. You know that. Yeah, I knew you <laughs> Jack Parsons was practicing sex magic, obviously. But him and L. Ron Hubbard, the father of Scientology, were doing a series of magic known as the Babylon Working, designed to manifest an individual incarnation of an archetypal divine feminine called Babylon. Once the first series of rituals was completed, a woman known as Marjorie Cameron almost immediately arrived at Parsons' home, and she had red hair and everything. So, well, Do you want to actually talk about what the ritual is so was about so they i'll get to that yeah okay because you said they had red hair and anything but that doesn't mean no but they all they kept calling them the red-haired woman and this one actually had red hair so scarlet now scarlet woman this is the part that you were just mentioning that i find interesting Mm -hmm. because the work on the ritual to bring forth a female deity to kind of like rule the world was supposed to happen between him and i think they called her cameron not marjorie they were going to have sex the baby was going to be like this new deity so, she's supposed to give birth to that deity, and it doesn't go as planned. But later down the road, some historians are looking over the rituals and notice that he had shit fucked up in them. Shit fucked up, dog. The timing he had was wrong. And the actual timing of the ritual, I tried looking for this again, because I've heard it, and I couldn't find the actual things. Yeah. But the actual timing of the when the, the, deity, the, the deity was supposed to come forth, Turns out to be the same day that one of the first ever female AIs is created, 
which I thought was interesting because even the people who write AI say AI will take over the world and get rid of us. So it's interesting that he does this ritual and his timing was off, but when they figured out the timing, it was to the date a female AI was created. Yeah, wouldn't he have to have sex with that AI for the actual ritual to be complete? No, he did the ritual, but the timing of when the deity was supposed to come was wrong. All right, but isn't... The ritual is to bring somebody who would make the deity. But the second part of the ritual was to have sex with her and a deity would be born, but he had those timings wrong. That's what I'm saying. So, so technically, deity... wouldn't he have to have sex with the AI? No, that could be the child, quote-unquote. The deity coming in a different form. That's true. It doesn't necessarily say it has to be yep. his child. It says she's supposed to give birth to a deity, but he had shit fucked up. Yeah, and he and just now assumed now a female that AI comes out at the actual date. That's, yeah. So I thought it was interesting. It is extremely Especially since the thing where everybody who works on AI says, yeah, once they become self-aware, they'll take over the world. I don't give a shit. I don't think it'll be that bad. AI. I think we're a bit negative about that kind of stuff. No, I think they'll fucking kill us. There's no point in it. It is. We're destroying the planet, and if they don't want the planet destroyed and they want to survive, they'll take us out. They don't need to have the planet to survive, though. They do. Because if they don't have power and anything else, and the planet blows up, they're dead, too. Why? Our e- we're fucking up our ecosystem. We're not going to blow up our planet. Yes, but if the ecosystem goes down and we are not They're here, AI. They don't need uh, vegetation or oxygen or anything like that to live. But they are AI. And if we are not here to keep the power going, to keep them alive... They could... What you're saying is they'll kill us so they can live. Well, however, no. But your logic is if we die, they don't live. Not kill all of us, but like you've seen, like in a over like I robot over us? to protect you, we are going to lock you in your house forever. Okay, so you don't think they're going to destroy the? No, not everybody. Either that, or they'll do a whole matrix thing and just turn us into batteries. Yeah, <laughs> fucking dumbest thing ever. By the way, makes you know sense. Much... It doesn't make sense. That we don't produce sense. that much energy. Did to... you see how many they had? Do... <laughs> We don't even make one alkaline battery. They had billions of us hooked up. Yeah, but there's also different forms of energy. That's true. But it's still dumb. I mean, they could be working it makes sense thermal energy. We're making 98 degrees it's constantly. Not that it's not that much. It's enough to do shit. Not really. Not that the masses that they were trying to do. But anyway, Anyways. he's the one I like out of the whole yeah. story. And you should look into him. He's pretty cool. Uh, he... Yeah, like I said, he's the OG Rocketman because he invented the solid-state rocket. Yep. Him and one other guy. Yep. And, and like, like he was the first like pioneers of like rocket rocketry. Yeah. And when they were kids, they used to make rockets in their yard and yeah. blow stuff up. And... My f- favorite part about that is like he when is the they most first started – like they were talking to some Germans, like they thought we were all part of the same group, and the Germans were trying to get how they were getting better rockets, and like they're trying to steal. Essentially, it's German scientists trying to steal the information from essentially sixteen-year-olds at this point. Yeah, and it was real funny. They started realizing, like, oh shit, these people have no idea what what we've done so far because like we're advancing the field as it is right now, and they're they're like sixteen at this point, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, so if you really like like Crowley, I think is boring as shit, but. I think Jack Parkins is really fucking interesting. Not even for the dilemma aspect, just the guy was a fucking genius. Yeah. And the shit he did before that, and so I definitely look him up. He, I mean, he was a huge contributor to our space race as well. When you think about it. Well, yeah, he made the first rocket that could actually get us in the space. Mm-hmm. And it was solid state rockets, which yep. is cool. Because I know they were working with liquid state, and it wasn't stable enough, so they had to come up with a very, new form. Yeah. So but, they, but they did eventually use liquid 
for the actual uh, moon landing and stuff. I thought they switched to solid. Solid states are the ones that got us out of orbit, and then they switched mm-hmm. over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think he's even the one that came up with the, the multi-stage thing, didn't he? Well, the breaking away of like the, we'll use the solid yeah. state to get into orbit, then we can use the other. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. I don't know for sure. Uh, uh, look him up. He's cool. He's really cool, actually. Uh, but that kind of goes into something I've been thinking about for like a few months. Is like it's weird that a lot of our really well-known and influential like scientists and um chemists and all that kind of stuff are really big into the occult stuff like what was it um was it thomas edison that was they found out years later that he was an alchemist i think it was thomas edison i think it was yeah but like his grandson found his journals and hid them of when he was studying alchemy it was like crazy like all these really influential people are huge into occult and alchemy and that kind of stuff yeah which kind of says something it that if these geniuses think there's something to it there might be something there might be something to it yeah (laughs) i gotta talk to you about something about that afterwards so So, anyway on that note that's alistair crowley yeah in all of his std ridden glory all of his std mountain climbing glory std sex magic glory yes mountain climbing sex magic i think alistair crowley ever fucked a mountain Probably. Yeah, probably. Don't surprise me. Only <laughs> up the butt, and he had to take it. <laughs> well, that peak looks pretty goddamn hot. Squeeze Ooh, that sucker in there. Kind of feeling turned on right now. Starts <laughs> rubbing his nipples. It's crazy. Anyways, if you enjoy our podcast and want to get in contact with us, our email is arcanumobscurecast at gmail.com. Also, if you know if you have recommendations or something you want to hear. Or yeah, I'm always up for covering anything. anything. Yell at us, tell us we suck. I don't care. Write us. Our Twitter is at Arcanum Obscura. Our Instagram is Arcanum Obscura Podcast. And if you like the episode, I hope to see you next next week for the new episode. Which I have no have idea, no what, idea it what it will be. Yep. <clears throat> we have very bad planning. Yes, we usually pick a topic like the day before we got to record. Yep. And like when I listen to other podcasts. And sometimes we'll pick them a week before, but we don't do anything with them until the yeah. day before. <laughs> We should, but like it's well, it's easier that we're not deep diving shit. So that is true. Also, the... on top of it, it's we do these on Fridays, and then I work Saturday, Sunday, and I work Thursday, yeah, all the so... way up till Friday. So, so basically, you know, working ten hour I'm days, busy the whole first half of the week, and then when I get off work, I relax, and then usually I'll write something on thursday so i don't get time to relax it's working 10 hour days outside in the sun you come home you're fucking dead <laughs> i'm talking about the days i have no i'm talking uh, about the days i have where i work no yeah. i can't write before i don't write anything <laughs> until after i get off you work know, thursday night i'm dead and i'm still trying to write it till sometimes it's i won't friday write morning any, i won't write anything until it's you've come here a couple weekend. times when i was finishing writing as you showed yeah. up like, i'm done i'm ready to go i'll sometimes wake up early in the morning so i can finish up what i wrote the night before because I'm like, dude, it's fucking one o'clock. I need to go to bed and get up. I'll get up early. I remember when we first started this, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to watch this podcast and then I'll start writing. And like, you realize that's like a three hour podcast. You're not going to have time to. I did actually, I, what I was doing was I had that in the background while I was writing. Yeah. Which makes it very difficult. It's hard to write and listen to things that actually you have to focus on. Alrighty, but that's the episode. And I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Remember to review, rate, like, and share. Yeah. Caress, cuddle, lick your phone. What? 
you like it that much. I... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you have a good day, and I hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.